Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have powers to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes, too. For these same reasons, for government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to every, everyone what is owed them. Pay your taxes and government fees and those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So yesterday, late afternoon, I decided to go for a little bike ride. Little was just not that far, but uh, four, five, six miles, something in that neighborhood. But as I was, I pulled out of the orchards and I went down Vanderbilt Beach Road. And from behind me, I heard this loud roar. And here were these motorcyclists. And uh, they were older guys. I mean, you know how it is, guys who want to have a motorcycle all their life, and then they finally retire and finally get one. And, you know, the motorcycle riders and their babes, and there was all this hair, bandanas, and a lot of noise. Boom, they went by. You know what I thought? Only in America. The kind of freedom that we have here. Not that it's really only in America, but that, that was sim- seemed to me emblematic. And then soon thereafter, a young kid with a, a souped up but ancient Honda Civic. He had done something to the muffler. <laughs> so it made nothing but noise. And he roared down, and then he turned south on Livingston without stopping. And I thought, so glad I live here where people live into the legacy that is is a legacy of freedom. And and yet, I mean, I'm grateful that we don't have some kind of noise restriction so cops don't pull kids over like that. I, I had to change some mufflers out when I was a kid growing up in California because they were making too much noise. But when we break the law, we pay the price. And we know that. We know that that's the case. And so we, we run a delicate balance between our freedoms and our responsibilities. 
And we know that with freedom comes responsibility. If I'm going to be free, I have to bear the consequences of my actions. And every culture, it seems also, runs between the balance of anarchy and tyranny. And at its best, every culture, when it's in the midst of the middle of that spectrum, seems to be doing quite well, but there's always tendency towards one or the other, toward, toward anarchy on the one hand and tyranny on the other hand. I want to share with you something with more extent and detail than I've shared before. So Abraham Lincoln's message to young men, which he delivered in January of 1838, and of that time, which was leading up to the, the Civil War. I hope I am over-wary, but if I am not, there is even now something of an ill omen among us. I mean the increasing disregard for law which pervades the country, the growing disposition of substitute that, to substitute the wild and furious passions in lieu of the sober judgment of courts, and the worse than savage mobs for the executive ministers of justice. Accounts of outrages committed by mobs form everyday news of the times. They have pervaded the country from New England to Louisiana. Whatever then their cause may be, it is common to the whole country. It would be tedious as well as useless to recount the horrors of all of them. They first commenced by hanging regular gamblers, next Negroes, suspected of conspiring, conspiring to raise an insurrection. They were caught up and hanged in all parts of the state, then white men supposed to be in league with the, the Negroes, and finally strangers from neighboring states going hither on business were in many instances subject to the same fate. Thus went on this process of hanging gamblers to Negroes, from Negroes to white citizens, and from these strangers till Dead men were seen literally dangling from the boughs of trees upon every roadside and in numbers almost sufficient to rival the native Spanish moss of the country as a drapery of the forest. Anarchy. The, the intent to take law into our own hands. Why? Because we don't agree with something. Because we don't like something. Because it is an offense. And so vigilante justice is what is the threat that we live with. People taking law into their own hands. So the Apostle Paul, writing at the very beginning of Nero's reign as Caesar, writes to the Christians in Rome. He's going to pass through Rome on his way to Spain. He actually never gets to Spain. He ends up being executed in Rome. But he wrote those words. Be subject to the authorities. Who are the authorities? Rome. Rome. 
the most vicious empire among the most vicious empires in the world ever in human history. He says to submit to their authority and, and to live quiet, humble, peaceable lives in the midst of that. There are a lot of reasons for this. Among other things, the Apostle Paul is writing with both an evangelical and an eschatological intent. He wants people throughout the Roman Empire to know the Lord. He wants them to know the Lord, and they're going to learn about the Lord when people reflect the very character and nature of Christ, when they are humble and lowly even as he was, when they don't claim rights for themselves. And, and the people of God evidence the power of the Spirit when they are godly peaceful. And the eschatological intent is that, Je- that Paul thought that Jesus could return any moment. And we don't want to be caught usurping authority that is not given to us as the church, as God's people. He's also writing at a time when the church was a tiny beleaguered minority in the Roman Empire. It was viewed as a cult. And as the church began to interface with Rome, one of the requirements for anyone to do any kind of commerce in Rome was to go through what seemed to be a a silly pro forma action. They would, at the entrance of the marketplace, set up a bust of Caesar. And all they had to do was take a little bit of incense and, and pinch it into the flame and say, Kaiser Hokurios, Caesar is Lord. <laughs> well, you know, the most fundamental, the, the very first confession of the church is Christ is Lord. So the Christians couldn't do it. So here we see that the early church was already in that conflict. Well, how do I honor the authorities? And how do I honor God? How do we do this? And of course, you know the story. As one ancient historian put it, there were myriad of mobs executed by Rome of the Christian church. Fox's Book of Martyrs details much of what happened in that that time. And time after time, they, they raised, the, they raised the, the, the level of suffering and pain that Christians would have to go to as a way of, of bringing into correction this insurrectionist mob of people. But what were they doing? They weren't acting in rebellion, even though that's how they were defined. They were just acting as Christians. They were just doing what Jesus told them to do. And in a highly paganized culture, they 
did things like honor their word. They did things like maintain faithfulness in their marriages. They did things like raise their children to know and love Jesus. They did those things in the first century that constitute the legacy that we enter into even to this day. Who of us doesn't know that when we start having kids and that little one arrives and the first one and we are so responsible all of a sudden we have a life that's responding to us and that is going to need us to, to feed them and clothe them and take them to soccer and all that kind of stuff that we do as parents. But we also know, we also know we want to teach them to love Jesus. It goes back to the very beginning of the church. The primary value of the church is freedom in the midst of order. Freedom in the midst of order. That order must be maintained in order to, for freedom to flourish. That freedom happens within those guardrails of order. So even going back to the creation, you know the story, the Spirit of God hovers over the face of the deep. For the Hebrews, water was the symbol of chaos, the symbol of nothingness. And God divides the waters, brings forth the land and the sky, and then, then the, the animals, etc. That whole story of, of God's created order is bringing order out of the chaos. And then the story of the Red Sea crossing. Once again, God divides the waters and they walk through as on dry land. And the waters representing the chaos, the primordial, primordial chaos, that was that which God brought order to in the act of creation. Exodus was understood to be a new creation, created the new nation, the nation of Israel. And so that, that order is a representative or a, a reflection of God's creative work in the world. So the, the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, there's always a, a word of judgment about those who do things that are right in their own eyes without doing that which is right in the Lord's will. Let's face it, even the Ten Commandments, they seem onerous at times, but the reality is they were given to us to maintain our freedom individually and to maintain a society, a safe and secure place where people can, can have their families and exercise their faith. So it's the core value of the church. It always has been. Freedom within the, the order that, that honors God, what God has done and what God has given to us. Even to this day, well, even before this day, George Washington, if laws are to be so trampled upon with impunity and a minority is to dictate to the majority, there is an end put at one stroke to Republican government and nothing but anarchy and confusion is to be expected thereafter. 
Washington saying we must respect the rule of law and the activities of our courts. Not that any of it is perfect, but we must submit to the governing authorities as a way of submitting to the authority of God. And when we have bad governors, when we have bad Congress people or bad presidents or whatever it may be, we have within a republic, Republican form of government, we have the responsibility to elect them out of office. But not to rise up, throw them out. Thurgood Marshall, lawlessness is lawlessness. Anarchy is anarchy is anarchy. Neither race nor color nor frustration is an excuse for either lawlessness or anarchy. Got a phone call from one of our people. He's in a con uh, condominium. He and his wife have a condominium. I think it's on both Lakeshore and Michigan Avenue in Chicago. And he told me how they looked down on the street and watched as rioters broke windows broke in and stole property. And there was, there were no cops. There was nothing to maintain any order. The balance had tipped to anarchy and the consequence was destruction. To what end? Well, maybe some of those guys got a new pair of Air Jordans or something like that, but I mean, to what end? When a society fails to respect the rule of law, it's anarchy. Our governor came out this week and made what I thought was a magnificently balanced statement about maintaining the rule of law in the state of Florida. Because unfortunately, we have many examples where Chicago being just one, where the scale tipped into anarchy. And to bring us back into that middle where somehow we, we exist between those two poles of tyranny and anarchy. The responsibility of the state ultimately becomes tyrannical if anarchy is allowed to take root. When it's not, we can hold both tyranny at bay if we hold anarchy at bay. So in 1992, the Phillies were playing the Dodgers in Chavez Ravine. Now, every father, at least every Christian father, with, with his sons, at least in this case it was with my son and another dad and his son, we have to raise those boys to love Jesus and love the Dodgers. We all know that. So we put them in the car, drove down, and 
As the game was going on, as was the case always in Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine, when Vin Scully was doing the announcing, everyone always had their radios on, so you could hear the radios throughout the stadium. And his announcements were interrupted because riots had broken out in South Central Los Angeles following the Rodney King hearing and verdict. Riots broke out. I looked at my friend. The boys were like eight or nine years old. They, could, they were clueless. They could care less. I looked at my friend. He looked at me, and he said, the Dodgers are getting killed. Let's get out of here. It was about sixth or seventh inning, and so we took the boys, got them in the car. I still remember the drive home, listening to the radio, hearing about the riots. And I believe that Martin Luther King would regret his words when he said, riots are the voice of those who are not heard. I believe he would regret those words today. And those words were rare and largely torn, bleeding out of context. He was a man who, I don't believe, actually affirmed rioting or violence. So we drove home. Boys fell asleep. And I dropped my friend off and his son where their car was parked. They drove home, Bryant and I drove home, and we went into the quiet of our homes. Where mom and the girls were, put Bryant to sleep, or put, put him to bed and kissed him, kissed him goodnight, said the prayer. And the next morning, of course, it was news all over the place. But I was so glad, so glad that we live in a country that allows for the exercise of freedom. It let those guys go roaring down Vanderbilt Beach Road. So glad we have a, a nation that honors the core value of the Christian faith, and that is to withhold tyranny. I was so glad as I turned and closed Bryant's door that if there was any threat to that household, I would do whatever I had to do. As a father, I knew I would not only die for my kids, I'd kill for them. And God willing, it would never get to that point. But how many dear, hardworking people on Michigan Avenue in Chicago or whatever streets in Seattle or in Portland 
we have one couple related to this church, both of them doctors of ophthalmology, who had their store in Santa Monica destroyed. How many have had to pay a heavy price for the freedoms that we all enjoy? So the Apostle Paul tells us, live peaceably, love your neighbor, honor the emperor, and thereby demonstrate the love that God has for all flesh. It's not a perfect set of instructions. Frankly, I don't really know how we make our way through some of the hard places where we find ourselves. But we do our best to love, to care, to trust our God, and to obey. Will you join me in prayer? I know, Father, sometimes we don't know quite how to do it. But we thank you for those whom you have put in places of governing authority. We thank you for the, the tough choices that they have to make and the difficult decisions that they face, especially those who are in law enforcement, who are on the streets every single day, day in, day out, and they face easy and tough choices. Lord, we ask that you would be with them. We ask that, that those who are experiencing such, such frustration in this time might find the peace that comes and that surpasses all human understanding when your gospel takes root in their hearts. We ask that the name of Jesus, who is Savior, and Lord of all. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.